I am Katie Huff and I am the founder and CEO of Katie Huff Ministries. What makes my company different than others is I encompass the mind, body, and spirit for women to live at a level 10. My story is I was engaged to a man that is not a Christian and I am a Christian and it was a very difficult relationship and I'm grateful through the grace of God I was able to be set free from settling shame and self-betrayal realizing that God needed to be in the center of my relationship. My purpose and calling on my life is to help other women to be set free and to live at a level 10 where they are using their gifts, talents, and experiences with what is on their heart so they can walk out what God's calling is on their life as well. My no-brainer offer is to have you come to Montana and come to a women's retreat where you will be set free to be, do, and have all that God has called you to be, leaving a remarkable legacy. What I would love for you to do is to go to katy-huff.com, my website, and click on that free 30-minute consultation so you can see if this is a great fit for you to come to Montana. She was incredible. You know, she really taught us a lot of things and made us look deep inside. You owe it to yourself to give this gift to yourself so that you can come back and be a better mom. I would really love to hear from you. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Katie Huff with Katie Huff Ministries with her podcast called Setting Yourself Free, a podcast where we empower and encourage people to be set free from whatever's holding you back to be, do, and have all that God created you to be. And I am so thrilled to um, be here with Courtney Turner, who is out of Tennessee. She's just a lovely woman. She's gonna be able to share with you um, what has set her free. And um, I just wanna make sure that you're gonna be able to follow this lovely lady and this story. So you need to make sure that you are checking us out on Spotify, Apple, Rumble, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, you name it. We don't want you to miss it. So with that, um, and please go to YouTube, hit Katie Huff Ministries and hit that subscribe button. That's the big wish I have for me or blessing that you could do for me. And I am just thrilled, as I said, to have beautiful Miss Courtney Turner here. Courtney, welcome. I'm so grateful that you have agreed to come on and share your heart and, and what it means for you to be set free. Well, thank you so much for having me. Yes, it's an honor to be here. Absolutely. So you're from Tennessee and you have um, quite the little story of when you were brought into this beautiful world. And uh, I would love for people to hear how you have been and are an overcomer and how you've been able to start podcasts and that there's nothing that is holding you back, that you are actually the walking, talking example of someone who has set herself free and you're being, doing, and having it right here, right now. So how about that? If you just share where it all began? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, So I was born with a very unusual set of circumstances. Uh, my mother was sick during first trimester of pregnancy and she had suspected that she had contracted German measles and she went to a doctor, had titer tested. They tested it as being 112. The doctor was dyslexic and they suspect that it was really 121, which would mean that I was afflicted and they would have advised my mom to have an abortion. 
but because my doctor read this incorrectly, I am here today uh, to tell the story. So when I was... (laughs) <laughs> yes, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I am very grateful for this doctor's mistake for sure. And I'm very grateful for the gift of life. But yeah, but it was definitely not without its challenges from the get go. Uh, so when I was born, I was born on Super Bowl Sunday in the middle of a blizzard. And my dad was a huge football fan. He wanted to watch the game. But not only did he want to watch the game, he wanted to watch it with his friend, the doctor. And I was not arriving conveniently to make this a great viewing experience for them. So they tried to induce labor. But when they shot the epidural, I had already started to crown. Mm. And so my mom was tied up with a spinal headache for the first two weeks of my life. Uh, So for those who are not familiar with what the ramifications of that would be, it meant that she could not lift her head. She couldn't sit up really. uh, So she definitely couldn't hold me for the first few weeks. And when she did, she felt like there were a lot of things that were concerning her. So she kept asking the doc- the hospital, the doctors to do these tests. And really, like, the torch was the big test. And I don't actually remember uh, what all of the letters stand for. But I know T is for Turner Syndrome and R was for rubella. Long story not so short, they pretty much kept covering it up because they knew the doctor's dyslexic. And they just kept saying everything's normal. The one thing that was really concerning my mom was that one of my eyes was rolling up in the top of my head. She kept saying, what's wrong with her eyes? Why aren't they focusing? And they kept telling her, don't worry about it. Baby's eyes just don't focus. And she said, well, that doesn't make sense. One eye is focusing, looking straight at me. And the other one is rolling up in top of her head. So what's going on here? And it was about a few months later, my mother had decided that my eye looked very familiar And it was because it looked a lot like her father, my maternal grandfather, who had cataract. Mm -hmm. She did find a doctor who confirmed that I was born with a cataract in one eye. And they did a cataract removal procedure when I was three months old. Cataract procedures back then were very different than they are today. Today, it is a pretty routine procedure. Knock on wood, most people have no problems with it. They're in and out. It's maybe a day recovery, if that. And uh, I actually uh, was there with my mom recently doing that. And it was really, you know, not not a major uh, procedure the way it was. For me, they pulled the iris. They left debris behind my retina. They had to go back and do what's called a retinal cleanup. And when they did that, they found pigmentation behind my sighted eye. And they diagnosed me with congenital rubella, meaning they had determined that my mother did have German measles during first trimester of pregnancy uh you know so i say all this i'm just gonna make the caveat for anybody who's familiar with my podcast i have gone down the whole germ versus terrain theory i do suspect that you know it wasn't necessarily a virus the way that we are taught virus um you know people who know in latin virus actually means toxin poison so i i think it's something more along those realm that realm but i think the story the context is still uh important because it's what i grew up my whole life knowing And so they had at that time determined that I was going to be completely blind, completely deaf, autistic, retarded, and immobile, Uh, you know, not, not able to walk and function. They told my mom the best she could hope was to find a nice institution for which me to spend my life. And fortunately, my mom did not agree. And she, you know, pursued avenues to try and find the best help and care she could for me. And, uh, they were fortunately wrong, but I was I was born with several complications. I'm blind in one eye. 
I have a bilateral hearing impairment. So I actually learned how to speak by reading lips. I didn't get hearing aids till I was almost six years old. I was born with uh, hypotonic limbs, meaning the muscles in my limbs didn't develop. I had heart surgery when I was about a year old, hypotonic, yeah, the hypotonic limbs, asymmetrical bone development, fine gra graphic motor impairments, stunted growth, uh, missing teeth. It was all sorts of complications. So, but uh, yeah, about a year after my birth, my parents actually sued for my birth and it was called the wrongful birth case. So mm -hmm. I don't think my parents were, felt that I was wrongfully born, but that was the angle that the lawyers took. So, wow. Um, well, you are a miracle baby and absolute overcomer, obviously. And as we all know, God has a plan for our lives. And he definitely did for you because look at where you're at today is just unbelievable. It's, it's you, I mean, no one would even know it. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. I definitely feel like there was a, uh, at least some sort of purpose. And I, I'm very grateful that. Uh, you know, despite all the odds, I'm here and uh, I feel like I'm thriving in the face of adverse adversity. Yeah. So, yeah. I would say 100%. That is absolutely amazing. And so you have gone from where you were born and, and overcoming all of these things to where you are today and and tell them what you're doing today, because I don't want anyone to miss your podcast, mm -hmm. all the things that you're doing. So um, where can they follow you and, and what is your, you know, vision and where you're going with your podcast and everything that you're doing to, you know, help this country and yeah. obviously uh, help people to, you know, walk out the calling on their life and not to give up, give up or give in. Absolutely. So I, I really see it as a, the, my pinned tweet on uh, Twitter, I know they call it X now, I kind of refuse to do that, but um, but my pinned tweet is, a, a, I use a beekeeper analogy, so as much as obviously I'm, I'm an American and I you know support the founding principles of this country, I really think what makes America unique is that they are kind of, you know, I use, they say when all the bees go, then the world will cease to be, and that's why uh, the you know, potential extinction, extinction of the bees is so, uh, you know, terrifying uh, for what it could mean for the world. So I see Americans, not the country, not like the government, but the people of America as very similar. We're the beekeepers because we, it, it is incumbent upon us to preserve the free will of humanity because when America falls, so the world follows. And so I really see it as a battle for free will. I, you know, oftentimes people may look at the, you know, whatever you want to call them, the predator class, the parasite class, the, you know, the, the cabal, there's all sorts of names that we can give them. But really how I see it is there is a battle between the people and this, if you have a biblical framework, you know, of course it's God versus Satan. And it really is the people or the entity or spirit that wants to control and enslave humanity on earth and the people who you know, respect and honor that we were endowed with free will by our creator. So uh, I, I only bring all this up because you had said, you know, what I'm doing to uh, fight for this country. For me, it's really about, of course, I care about America and I care about, uh, you know, restoring the founding principles upon which this nation was founded. Mm -hmm. I, for me, it's really about free will and the free will of humanity in general across the, the world. So what am I doing? Uh, right now I have a podcast and we are at, it's 
I started it I think just in the beginning of 2021. And so I have over 300 episodes now where I think I have 30 sitting on my desktop. So yeah, we're going to be pretty close to 350 pretty soon. I have a couple of sub shows as well. Like there's one, I've started something called Pirate Stream Media. We're shooting actually in about an hour and a half. We're doing another episode of Dialectical Dissonance. And uh, that is with two, two guys who are also in the alternative media space. And the idea behind that is really to create an aggregate platform because so much of people in general, but of course the alternative media, I think by design has been very siloed in order to be atomized. And if they know of each, if they even know of each other, they rarely collaborate. There's a lot of competition in the space. And I think there's infiltrators who have uh, stoked that, those tensions. And so we really want to provide a, 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 a framework in which they can collaborate and work together and amplify the messages. So we do a show, it's called Dialectical Dissidents, and that's where we present things from kind of outside the mainstream narratives, because I do believe that the mainstream narratives that are being fed are intentionally uh, dialectically opposed in order to create uh, competing narratives that lead to nullification. Ultimately, they come in with their uh, synthesis. So that's kind of what we do there. I have a roundtable women's show that I, I I hope for it to be kind of like a counter to the view. I just think, I don't know how else to describe it, but I just think that they're a horrible representation of women today <laughs> and there needs to be something, right? There needs to be something else. So you could put me in coach on that one. I would right? stand beside you with that. Totally. So yeah, no, absolutely. We'd love that. And so, yeah, so I have a couple of sub uh, shows, but the main one is the Courtney Turner podcast. And you can find that the best place to find me is probably Courtney Turner. I saw my name a little differently. It's C-O-U-R-T-E-N-A-Y-T-U-R-N-E-R.com. And I also do something called the Cause Fest. Uh, So it's creative artists uniting for the sovereignty of everyone. uh, And that's what cause stands for. And uh, the website for that is rebels, plural, for spelled out, F-O-R, cause.com. You could just go to the Courtney Turner, uh, com website also. And there's a link to the speaking and uh, aerial events. So I am a, a, an artist. I was an actress, a producer, and I'm an aerial acrobatic performer. So wow. I do <laughs> I do aerial performances. I did two different routines at the last Cause Fest that we did in uh, Middle Tennessee, on June 3rd and 4th and we're going to be doing another one in the middle of uh, November somewhere in Florida we're still waiting to hear back from some sponsors and venues to to lock down those dates but for I think it's really the last one we had 53 acts between speakers and comedians and musicians and artists like uh, you know painters and uh, just a you know filmmakers just really a very eclectic collaborative group of people who uh, are in, we want to give a platform to, of course, the independent artists and uh, of course, to, uh, you know, independent thinkers and speakers as well, who are probably outside the traditional mainstream narratives. So yeah, I was in, you know, because of my experience in, you know, the like kind of circus world, as well as the, uh, entertainment industry, I've just seen how much they use art to, uh, you know, socially engineer the masses and for culture creation. And I think that's part of why they're so afraid of the independent artists, because, you know, they're typically the ones who will color outside the lines. 
and do it in a way that's compelling. So they present an alternative to the narratives that people that, you know, the powers that shouldn't be want you to hear. So, right. Yeah. So that's, I think that's most of what I'm doing right now. I have some other kind of side projects, you know, some speaking events and uh, working on a book right now. So, yeah. Awesome. So what would you say is um, when you talk about the um, amplified message, which one do you think is the most important or the one that you like to focus on? That's a really great question. I I don't think that there's like one. I tend to, I, I don't know that there's one. I think if I had to pick one, I think one of the biggest lies that were sold is about the value of human life. Mm. You know, there's a, a real anti-human agenda. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as I was saying, is the people who want to enslave humanity, those people do have a depopulation agenda because it's much easier to enslave and control a smaller population than it is a much larger population. Um, but I think, you know, we see it through, like, for instance, the abortion messaging. That's one of the ways that they sell us this lie. And of course, that's that's kind of personal to me. Uh, yeah. because of my story so but and and I really had so much more compassion and empathy for it uh you know in my previous years when I was younger just because of the narrative that I was sold and uh, of course because my parents were of also subscribing to this narrative so mm-hmm. you know I thought well of course if you know given my condition like why wouldn't you know, that be the kind thing to do. And I think what happens is I, I talk about something called the compassion trap. And I think that it's one of the ways that they really exploit the best aspects of humanity in order to manipulate us into uh, doing things that actually aren't all that compassionate. Mm-hmm. But when we're tied into groups, instead of having individual identity, it is much easier to defend and champion the cause of the group. And so they trap us into thinking we're being compassionate because we're protecting this group. But ultimately, you're not really doing much for humanity. And oftentimes, you're actually harming the group that you're purporting to help. So, Wow. Yeah, that's huge. Um, That's a really incredibly powerful statement. And you carry that shield, you know, Mm -hmm. of truth um, or the belt of truth, I should say, according to the, the Bible, that you were or could have been one of those fatalities mm-hmm. as, uh, as a as a baby. And yep. to see you now is absolutely amazing of how you've overcome so many things. And you're such an eloquently amazing speaker of, you know, what you're portraying, which is incredible, which Um, I just applaud because, you know, most people would probably not fight the way you did and and overcome and be where you're at. So I obviously applaud you and acknowledge that. And I think what a great platform for you, because, you know, it's almost like you're the poster child for why not to. (laughs) That's awesome. And I just wanted to obviously acknowledge that and, and say, man, and so you're who would be your ideal follower? Because you know, I, I know you have a number of platforms, which is awesome because you you kind of have a wide sweep um, yeah. on a number of things, which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe would you want to touch a little bit on each one of them just briefly, or would you rather just zero in on the one that is the most important to you in this moment or at this time? Yeah. 
Um, you know, I don't think I have, a, that's always such a hard question because mm-hmm. I know for marketing that that was actually when I first started, you're like, you have to have a niche and you need to make your podcast like 15 minutes long. And I was like, hi, I'm Courtney Turner. Even my name is spelled long. <laughs> that's just not going to happen. Like, you know, so I, I know myself and I'm a deep dive person and I have a very wide range of interests. I, I would say that really kind of you know, the center point of all of it really does boil down to free will and ownership free will. I think that's a huge, you know, that's the the antidote. I always say the antidote to their agenda is for us to be radically human. And by radically, I mean it in the true etymology of the word, like to be rooted, deeply rooted. Mm. So be deeply rooted in humanity. And for us to be deeply rooted in humanity is to take ownership of free will. Mm. And I, I think that's the, opposition to the new world order goals they want to centralize everything and uh, you know take all of us really incredibly unique you know and diverse and i don't mean that from external appearance you know as externally uh different as we appear we are internally unique with our you know makeup our personality our passions our drives our desires our interests our uh, just, you know, our strengths and our weaknesses, everything about us cellularly, we are each so uniquely different. Uh, so I I really encourage people to embrace that. And I think that by embracing that, we actually unify. And I know that sounds very, uh, it, you know, it sounds oxymoronic, right? Because how is it that as, as us all so individually minded are going to come together but I think it's when we're divided into these groups it's much easier for us to argue against each other than it is if we are to look at each other directly in the eye and recognize all the differences but honor the humanity and I think that through that you know you don't have to kowtow or you know uh, abdicate your convictions I in no way you know encourage that but I think that if we are to recognize those, we learn so much from each other and we may even become more firmly entrenched. You know, sometimes we recognize we may be wrong and we learn something from uh, someone who presents something so different or foreign to us. But other times we become more firmly rooted in what we believe and why we believe it. But we have a deeper understanding of why we stand for that. And I think it's through really work, really dealing with people individually that we we do that. So I, your, your question was, who is my target audience? I don't know. I think it's people, I would love to engage in people who are beginning to question things. I think someone once said to me that I'm kind of like the, the podcast for people who like Neo right after he takes a red pill. So it's like right after you start to ask the questions, okay, I think we're being lied to about things and something doesn't seem quite right, but now I need to go a little deeper and figure this all out and see what resonates for me, see what doesn't, where is the truth and try and sort all of that out. And I think that's really my audience is those people who are, I want to get the people who are like, okay, the people who are, who have already bought all the lies and think they know everything. That's probably not where I want to spend my time. I mean, I welcome them, um, but you know, they, I might not be for them, but for the people who are starting to ask a lot of questions, but don't know when they want to dig a little deeper. I know that's a really broad net, but that's, that's kind of what I feel like. Cause I do cover a really wide range. I mean, I go from, you know, philosophy, the ancient philosophy to now psychology, uh, 
health, fitness, and medicine, because I think taking personal ownership of your health is a a huge way to step out of the matrix and outside of the dependency models that they created. Um, You know, if you're sick and uh, you're, if you're sick and uh, then you become desperate, right? And dependent, so you're much more easy to control. And if we are, if you're healthy, uh, then you're much more likely to be self-reliant and uh, resourceful and resilient. So uh, I think that's one of the ways. And then, uh, you know, of course, the geopolitical milieu. And uh, I don't touch too much on current events, but occasionally we'll do political current events. But it's really, I think what's going on today, I think politics is the the tactics and more of the operational level. So I think that what's really at the root of things is much deeper than that. And it's a, it supersedes just the uh, political structure. That's not to say that I don't think local politics is incredibly for, important. I know there's a, a, you know, the fifth generation warfare, they talk about uh, local action leads to federal impact. And I think that that's absolutely true. We have and, to get on the field. We cannot yeah. just be watching because yeah. you that sit and watch, you, you'll you watch the fall instead of yeah. you know, fighting for your freedom, fighting for what you believe and what is important. Yeah. Your, your and family. taking care of yourself and your families and your communities, right? That's even outside of the quote unquote politics. Politics has much less hold over you if you have reliance networks and if you and your family are self-sufficient. So, well, and and I, my husband is a pastor and, you know, I'm a registered nurse and I always love the fact that when he is um, saying we, we love God and we love people. And it's like the, you know, the two biggest commandments is love God with all your heart, mind, and soul and love your neighbor as yourself. Exactly. When we do that, obviously we are respecting them and obviously looking out for them and, and talking truth in love, you know, that it's in love because, as a nurse, I, I've had many, many discussions and conversations and arguments over, you know, where to go and look about some of the medications that are being prescribed. And, you know, people forget about the, you know, the CDC has a VAERS report and most people don't even know what the VAERS report is. So I'll just briefly say it is where the side effects of any medication, any Mm -hmm. medication, whether it's a vaccine or a weight loss pill, there's side effects in everything. And, uh, I had quite the argument once with my brother because he was just like, you know, you know, why are you not for this particular shot? And I was just like, uh, it hasn't been clinically tried. And then go to the VARES and look at the side effects. And I remember as a nurse working for a physician, Courtney, I he would have to fill out reports of his yeah. patients that would come in and say, I have a side effect. And those reports would take a long time to fill out. So the numbers, even that we see on the VAERS report are not even hundred percent accurate because yeah, they claim it's like 1%. <laughs> there's not enough time in the day for the doctor to take care of you and then fill Most out. Most of them don't even know a lot of them. Cause a lot of times it's not even the doctors that do the reporting. It is typically the nurses or the administrators. And a lot of them have no idea. VAERS is actually not a very easy site to navigate. It's not very, I mean, you're much more familiar with it, but, you know, even you can concede that it's not a super uh, user-friendly format. And I feel like that's intentional. I think so too. So it's really interesting. You're probably familiar with this, but the uh, Vaccine Compensation Act of 1986, one of the stipulations was that the companies would be granted impunity, but only if the VAERS reporting was maintained and accuracy. 
Wow. Right. So that's the caveat. And of course, both sides, right? Both sides of the aisle claim right. that theirs is inaccurate. <laughs> so right. Right. the one says they're exa- exaggerated and they're bloated. The other one says they're wildly underreported. Either right. way, they agree that it's not accurate, which would then mean that they are not granted the impunity that they're so called, yeah. uh, you know, claiming. So. Right. But now they're having you sign off that you have no rights if you have any side effects, which for me as a nurse, I'm like, who in the world would ever sign that off saying taking total full responsibility of what you're going to give me and the side effects and whatever happens is to me is on the borderline of crazy. So then we go into the psychology world, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That is a whole nother can of worms, but yeah. So I'm always like, we should all be, you know, very much in, um, doing our own homework. I say constant and never ending improvement. The can I? And uh, knowing that it's always evolving and and to just not be, I, I hate to say a sheeple, but I'm sure you've heard that word. Yeah, sure. Is, you know, stand up and, you know, like you said, your free will, protect yourself, protect your family. So what would you love people when they think of Courtney Turner, what would you like them to remember you by? Um, I wow, that's a great question. Well, I mean, my podcast says, uh, like, what thing or what? Just uh, what? What do you? What your what your goal is, or what? You, I mean, just who who? How would you like them to remember you? Well, As my podcast overcomer. Or- what number one? You're a miracle girl. You're an overcomer. <laughs> Those are all the things that I think of when I think of you. And just so eloquent in how you share and that you, you're a warrior is what I would say about you. Oh, now- thank you. Yeah. Well, I would definitely say like, you know, that we're so much more capable than we often believe, mm-hmm. uh, you know, not to say that we don't have limitations, but I think each of us is dealt a, a hand. It's kind of like playing a game of cards. You know, you have a hand and you have the choice to make how you're going to play that hand. So, exactly. you know, I think we have so many limiting beliefs that are, uh, whether they've been inculcated through, you know, our upbringing, through society, through propaganda. And I think really not to succumb to that. And I think I'm very much an example of all the things people thought I couldn't and shouldn't do. And I, I've, you know, not to say that I've never uh, fallen prey to any of that or that I don't have my doubts. And I certainly have my share of struggles, but I feel like everyone does. Smart. But I definitely defy the odds. And I think that that's possible for, you know, really all of us. And uh, in my podcast, words, I say to uh, inform, inspire and empower. And that that is really what I aim to do. I'd like to give people information, you know, not to say that I, I'm certainly not the uh, arbiter of truth, but right, right. I, I aim to seek it, you know, and I hope that by sharing uh, what I've revealed and what the people who I bring on have learned and un- unveiled, that people will then be inspired. And hopefully from there, they feel empowered to take some sort of action uh, that, you know, gives them sort of... Uh, sense of autonomy and personal sovereignty so amen i uh, um i'm a believer that you 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 pray you pause and you don't do anything until you have peace so i talk about the three p's pray pause and peace because peace is our guardrails so that's how you can do the litmus test of is this information accurate and correct how does it serve me or not and you'll get either that gut punch i or you'll be at peace. And so, you know, cause God is our great protector and our provider. And so 
that's um, what I believe in. So is there anything else you'd like to say to this audience that um, are going to be just totally educated, inspired, and, and moved to make a move and to protect themselves and their family before we tell them where to find you one more time? Um, no, I mean, I think that's really just, you know, I... I think, you know, I would say we're all endowed with unique gifts, strengths, and talents, and it's incumbent upon each of us to develop those, hone them, and so that we can be a contribution to society. And, uh, you know, one of the things that really made this drive home for me is I was a, a coach, like personal trainer and CrossFit coach, and they always say, work your weaknesses, work your weaknesses, and that would drive me bonkers. I'm like, no, work your strengths. Amen. You're, right? Because, one, your weaknesses are probably never going to be your strengths. And I, I I shouldn't say never, but most likely they're not going to become your strengths. And I don't think you should neglect them because they can hold back your strengths, but your strengths are your unique gifts and talents. Yeah. And I think we were all blessed to have unique gifts and talents. So let your passions, your interests, uh, your desires, uh, your curiosity drive those. If you don't know what they are, I, I think those are good clues yeah. and uh, let them be kind of a guide and figure out what is your unique gifts, strengths, and talents and work on those so that you can be, you know, the best that you can be. Yeah, I totally agree with you because I'm like, I know what my weaknesses are and I'm so grateful that my husband has those as strength. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. well, like you said, let your light shine on your strengths and then you circle yourself around with your tribe and your community of the weaknesses that you may not ha have strength in and have those people have those as strengths. And then it's a great world. You can shine where you can and have the strength and give it the weakness to the person that that's their strength. So exactly, I yeah. agree. I agree. Awesome. Build the ecosystem. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And we all need each other to be able to move forward and make a difference and leave that incredible fingerprint that God gave us that is yours and only yours on this earth. And so I would just love to say thank you again, Courtney Turner, for being here. You are such a blessing. And I just want to make sure that, again, everybody knows that you can go to kirkelliot.com slash unmasked. And you can go to mypillow.com slash unmasked and get some incredible discounts on their incredible products. And then obviously, I definitely want you again to go to YouTube, Katie Up Ministry, subscribe, and then also follow us so you can hear from this beautiful woman, Courtney, on Spotify, Apple, Rumble, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and everywhere out there. We don't want you to miss this. So thank you again, Courtney, for your time, your expertise, your heart, and your willingness that you just want people to have free will and, and utilize it. So God bless you, honey. Thank you. You too. All right, we'll do it again soon. Yeah. I want you to get set free by utilizing my pillow 2.0 by going camping and you need a good pillow because you don't want to wake up with a bad neck. And so my pillow has the most amazing pillows and I personally have used the pillows. You want the good towels, you want the good sheets, you want the good slippers and even your dog is gonna want a bed. And so I, from KDF Ministries, have utilized every one of their products. And I'm coming to you because I want you to be able to have a great discount by going to mypillow.com slash unmasked. mypillow.com slash unmasked. Or mystore.com slash unmasked. 
And I am just encouraging you to set yourself free from neck pain and not having a good pillow when you're out camping this summer. And so I look forward to you utilizing that uh, code for a huge discount. So have a great camping season this summer. I'm coming to you from Katie Huff Ministries to talk to you about diversifying your finances. Critical time in our life right now, more so than ever before. I have been blessed with Kirk Elliott, PhD, who are the primo people that know exactly where to invest your money to keep it safe and be able to get it and use it by having it in silver and gold. So I'm encouraging you to do what I did. Contact them at kirkelliottphd.com and slash unmasked. Make sure you do that unmasked because you'll get a discount on the processing and you're definitely going to want to have a, a meeting with Kirk and just see how he can help you to secure your future with silver. Have a great day.